If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for the van to come. Oh friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Present like the fear from above, believers like we've never been in love. We're only gazing at stars on the ceiling. Welcome back to Fast Forward. Uh, Today we have a great podcast focusing on people. Hiring and developing great people is one of the toughest challenges you'll face when building and running your company. And at the same time, we all know that having the best people on the bus can sometimes decide between the life and the death of your business. So today's guest, HR consultant Olga Cross, sees that most of the common problems that she comes across is a well-meaning founders who think they're different They trust their employees and truly believe that their staff problems won't affect them. That belief is all well and good until someone throws a spanner in the works. Problems range from serious allegations of discrimination to issues with somebody coming in late, uh, being hungover, or not at all because the the dog chewed their phone or their fish is sick. Uh, You've got the picture. There's a list of potential issues. They're endless and almost inevitable. Olga joins me now to take us through some of the potential HR pitfalls and how to avoid them in your business. Olga, you have uh, been in HR for more than 20 years and so I am sure that you have seen it and heard it, heard it all. Um, And five years ago, you actually founded your own HR consultancy off the back of all of that experience. But let's take you back and learn a little bit about you and um, how you've come to founding your own consultancy business and um, yeah, just a bit about your a bit about your own journey. Oh, that's great! First of all, I'm always still shocked. <laughs> There's always something you haven't heard, and you go, "Well, I haven't heard that one before." <laughs> okay, <laughs> so um, how did I start out? Well, I actually started out in banking um, years ago, and then um, did a bit of a pivot because I actually didn't really like it very much. Hmm. And um, whilst I was looking for a job, you know, trailing the high streets. Um, yeah. A couple of recruitment consultancies actually said, do you want to come and work here? Yeah. So I did. I worked for one of them, a little local one in central London. And um, through that kind of work, um, I came across a lot of HR people and a lot of sort of HR departments and stuff. Yeah. And thought to myself, I quite like this. I like the look of it. And it was also something I thought, well, actually, you can do this anywhere. And the variety is great. Yeah. So um, I started studying for it, basically, because you've got to study it's quite a long, um, long study period. Yeah. And then I ultimately ended up with a master's in industrial relations. So um, from kind of all of that, I got a job um, in HR right at the bottom, basically. I started from the bottom up. 
mm-hmm. and um, literally worked my way up um, through the years in all kinds of companies from entrepreneurs to, you know, the NHS to um, FTSE 100s, ultimately the government. So yeah. um, I've done quite a lot of stuff, quite a broad range in the public and private sector. And um, and it was the tail end of the last recession, really. Um, it kind of all happened. Um, and I bumped into a neighbour of mine weirdly. And he said to me, um, standard. Yeah, exactly. As you do. Um, his, well, in London's quite uh, unusual to actually speak to your neighbor. (laughs) That's why it was quite unusual. And, um, his partner, um, was part of an organization that had just, um, kind of split from the NHS and they had Mm -hmm. no HR. So they said to me, right, they can't afford HR, but they need a little HR function set up. So I did it. And, when I was finished that, it was only took a few weeks. They said to me, you couldn't be kind of on the phone whenever we need you. Yeah. And that was fine. Um, I kind of thought no more of it. And then I got asked about five more times from various yeah. different um, startups, basically, and organizations. And I thought, do you know what? I'd love to do this for a living. Yeah. This would be great. And, um, you know, I went back um, took another job on um, and saved, basically, quite frankly, to set up my own business. Nice. So that took 18 months. And then um, end of January 2015, I kind of went live, so to speak. And um, that was it, really. And um, ever since then, I've been um, sort of lending my expertise, if you will, to all sorts of great companies, um, mostly entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of them, a lot of social enterprises, a lot of charities. Um, but mainly it's entrepreneurs. Guys have just literally started with £20 in their back pocket and are now doing very, very well for themselves indeed, um, which is great news. And um, ranging from anything between two, three staff to 250. And a lot of them nowadays are finding that, you know, they don't really need sort of a huge kind of HR presence, Mm. that as long as they have someone on the phone who can help them out, speak to them, or roll her sleeves up and go in, or his sleeves up and go in and help them out whenever they need it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and a lot, and, and help their managers out. So, you know, it, it's been really great. I've done all sorts of stuff. So from dealing with bad behavior, which is the, the main one, to um, literally, are we paying the right salaries to staff? Yeah. Are we looking after them properly? How do we attract them? How do we keep them? Um, how do we keep them engaged? Engagement is a big piece at the moment. Yeah. You know, how do we motivate them? Um, and especially with the tech companies because competition for them is so fierce. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got, um, as I said, a whole range of clients. You know, I've got an ethical bank. Who knew the banks could be ethical, but this <laughs> one is. And, um, you know, it's, it's just right across yeah. the spectrum, really. And when you're running a small business, I found, it's really, these things are, when a problem occurs, it can be a huge thing because a lot of this stuff is quite emotional. Mm. Um, uh, Entrepreneurs and owners and MDs and stuff, they can tend to be on their own with it all. And it can be a huge, massively upsetting issue when it goes when they think it's gone a bit wrong. So to have someone on the other end of the phone, me or anybody else like me who does it, goes, actually, don't worry about it. We can sort this out. Um, Is is what they like, basically. Um, and, um, And I like doing it for them very, very much. It's almost like that objectivity, isn't it? Cause, um, as an entrepreneur, it's your, you know, it's your fam, it's your baby, it's every penny that you yeah. have. It's, it's so you are incredibly emotionally tied to it. Yeah. yeah. So you probably can't get that objectivity that you need to make sort of the 
the the rational decision. So, um, do you see? Do you feel that in your experience? Yeah, there is that, but also it's the fear of it because let's face it, we've all read the papers and we've all done. And and somebody comes up and and maybe they're not happy or they're not coming to work or, you know, things are going a bit wrong or they're threatening to leave or, you know, they've complained about somebody else. That can be a huge, big thing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to deal with it, um, and know it can actually be solved some way, yeah. um, it can be massively upsetting. And, you know, I've seen guys who think nothing of going in and, you know, getting four million quid funding from fundraisers or whatever <laughs> and striking brilliant deals. But the minute yeah. they have to deal with an employee who's maybe not Performing behaving or, well yeah. or whatever, yeah. they can't do it. And then yeah. it blows into a huge problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, or it can be a very little problem that can be blown completely out of proportion, which is the other thing. Yeah. And um, and then they think it's, oh my gosh, I'm going to be taken to court. I'm going to ruin my business. Yeah. And, you know, they can kind of get a level head that goes, actually, it's probably not going to happen. And have you thought about this, 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 and this? Yeah. And um, it's hard you know, when you're in the, the worst yeah. that can happen. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, I've got people who they have gone from being devastated to, you know, when the first thing happens to now kind of going, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We'll just You'll never guess what happened today. <laughs> so, um, you yeah. know, and that's, that's, that's sort of, it's the reassurance really, because I think, you know, I started my own business. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, obviously, I work with do. It's quite a lonely thing. And you've kind of got nobody to talk to when things go a little bit wrong because a lot of your friends are, you know, working their nine to five grind. They've got yeah. their own act, but it's just, it's a they very different pressure mm. when actually, you know, you may not have at 11 o'clock in the morning the money to pay all your staff. So you've got to go and find it by two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. or, you know, and, and something can happen that can, as I said, blow the train off the track. And you think this is someone's house that they've put up against it everything they own, all the sacrifices mm. they've made. And um, and it's a very, very worrying thing when, um, you know, something something peculiar can happen, really. And when you're dealing with human beings, anything can happen. Good yeah. and bad. And yeah. I'm not saying it's all bad. It really isn't. But, um, you know, and a lot of people are awake at night worrying about different things, which is how do I pay them? How do I keep them? I don't want anyone to leave. I want them all to be happy. And yeah. then, you know, and how do I find that out? So there's good yeah. stuff as well. I do good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> So, but you are called in to sort out a whole range of problems within companies. What are the most common problems that you would encounter in startups, for example, um, if we look at that sort of specific group of businesses? Yeah. Okay. Well, the most common problems are, um, I find, is when they're at a stage of growth. Um, Mm. So they've gone from hiring friends and family. So they're now on to their 10th, 11th, maybe 12th employee. So they've had to kind of go outside of their friendship groups or their family groups and hire from outside. And but the mentality hasn't changed. So they speak to these great people, they interview them, and everyone's really happy, and they come in. But something very strange happens around that dynamic. Is that it changes the company in a way? It's, it's sort of like um, a, not even a domino effect. It's more like a pendulum. Mm. That employee from outside who isn't known to anybody very well can actually change the dynamic, and it's not they particularly as people, the dynamic can change within the team. A lot of stuff happens on trust at the beginning. So if they're hiring friends and family, they'll hire them. Contracts might be great. They might be there at all. A lot of it's done in a handshake or, you know, things will be promised verbally and it's all fine. 
And then what happens is then that same sort of ethos gets carried on. And in a way, it's lovely to be that informal and all of that stuff. But there comes a point where you have to do get a few rules in place because otherwise the whole thing will fall apart. And a very interesting thing is contracts. You would be amazed at how many people do not issue their employees' contracts. And think that actually because they haven't given a contract, they'll be fine. Does that not make it worse? If I don't issue them a contract, (laughs) I can kind of get away with pretty much anything. Well, the opposite's true because if you don't have a contract or anything written down, and commission's another thing I get a lot of. If they're paying sales staff, Hmm. have you written it down? No, I haven't. Actually, decided. trust me. Well, you won't because there's money involved. (laughs) So um, you get a lot of that. Um, So I would say the first biggest problem is not having things written down and boundaries. Hmm. Now, a lot of, um, particularly in the tech sector, they like to think, well, that's not us. We're not like everybody else. And it's, but that's great. And you're not. And you can still keep that sort of culture going. But people do like structure. And it's the weirdest thing. And I've had a couple of clients who are like, no structure at all. You can take as much holiday as you want. You do come in whenever you want. And it's actually the employees themselves have gone, nah, don't really want that. Yeah. So we well, even if that is, down. even if that is your policy, write it down. <laughs> write exactly. It down. Absolutely. You know. And that's what they like. And people like to be, you know, they like it to be fair. So if I'm going to behave like this, I want to make sure the guy or gal next to me behaves like this. Mm-hmm. And if it's written down, it will be. So, yeah. um, you know, as I say, it can be fairly loose, but you really should, and it should be legally compliant. The amount of stuff that I see that isn't <laughs> is eye-watering. They've basically is that downloaded Google, stuff off is that the internet. Google, think, Google's inter- yeah. Yeah, employment contract A? Yeah, that's yeah. from, you know, <laughs> Idaho. And you sort of think, well, you're in the UK. No, I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've kind of tailored it a bit. I mean, yeah. you know, I, have, I get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it is. Yeah, it is. But um, so that's uh, number one problem. And, and then the, ne- the next biggie is hiring somebody and then that person doesn't work out hmm. and nobody can quite tell them. And is that because they don't have that, a contract? <laughs> no, it's because There's they don't no... have... <laughs> The kahunas to tell okay. them it's not actually working out. So and everyone's sit, everyone sitting there in misery. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. And um, and then all sorts of stuff can happen. They either have a big row, they fall out, or they're there such a long time. They're now legally, it's quite difficult to get rid of them. You know, the amount of people mm. I've had, well, actually, this has been going on for three years. And you go, three years? And you've kind of had this for three? Yeah, I have. Why? Well, I, I didn't have, I couldn't really say anything. <laughs> I felt bad. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, now look, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's that sort of, or worse, you know, they've got poor, some poor soul in there who's given their heart and soul to the company and they're being paid a miserable amount and nobody yeah. realised until they finally say, well, actually, I can't come to work every day and yeah. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we didn't know. Why didn't you tell us? And it was like, well... Um, you know, people don't. And mm. um, and that's the biggest thing, I think, lack of communication. Yeah. Uh, lack of a contract and um, and not dealing with things when you should. Yeah. So what are the basic things that founders can do then to protect themselves and their and their company? Um, get a proper, um, get proper documentation, I would say. Um, always have a couple of people in an interview when you're interviewing somebody. 
always please please why would you what so what kind of experience have you had in that space um you know you'd have somebody a founder say for instance offering somebody the job handshake and the accountant doesn't know about it so the money isn't there to actually pay them okay. <laughs> or, or um okay. loads of things somebody are promised turns up. Yeah, it totally yeah. turns up. Says I was promised with no this. contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and loads of things are promised that they can't quite deliver on, and that's the worst thing you can do, is overpromise at an interview because you're small and you think you're competing against the likes of Google and Facebook mm. and all of that stuff, and um, and you want to do the best thing, so you overpromise. Yeah, and overpromising is probably one of the worst things you can do because when they actually arrive, and they realise it's not what it. You've made out. You've, it, yeah. it, it's ruined. You're yeah. right out the starting. It's that perception Always, and reality, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and kind of try and recruit people who actually want to work for a small business. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds weird. A lot of people think they do, but actually they don't really. And just really try and get that sort of nailed down at the interview stage if you can. Always take up references. Yeah. Um. A lot of people don't. Um, you'll find out quite a bit from a reference, usually what, from what it doesn't say. Um, try and... Um, what are the rules around references at the minute, Olga? Well, factual. They're only supposed yeah. to be factual. So yeah. most places will only confirm dates of employment. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's all you can do. However, you will find that if someone is great, people will go over and above that and say mm-hmm. they're great. Um, uh, if they're quite bland, they, you know, the Sometimes questions could be asked, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not a hard and fast rule. But yeah. references are always, you know, a good, good kind of a reasonable buffer. Do your checks, basically. Yeah. Check out social media. And yeah. See what they've been, see what the people have said about them. See what they're saying about their employers. That's another thing that keeps me going a lot is the stuff that's said about employers on private social media and stuff. But it's not private because someone will always downshot that and say, did you know what someone has just said about you? And you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. <laughs> People like to curry favour with their bosses. <laughs> um, so um, that's it. Um, sickness yeah. absence is a big one. Say that again. Um, sickness absence is a big yeah. one. Um, and that can start very early on. And a lot of, uh, you know, some employers don't put in their contracts, you know, that we pay you statutory sick pay, for instance. So yeah. they're paying full pay. And that for small business can be ruinous. Yeah, and not dealing with the sickness absence, exactly. See that in itself, not dealing with it is a big deal. Yeah, because actually, if someone is genuinely ill, um, they have employment protection um, mm. in certain cases. So um, you've you know you've got you could actually fall foul of that, and people do. And what is so the best there, practice around sickness then, from an employer's perspective? Um, what would you recommend? Say, um, communication again, um, and just have a process. I know if you people think, oh my God, her in a process, but it's true. No, I love a good process. Yeah. yeah, have a process for dealing with it. Because if you don't, and I've had loads of them that don't, it becomes quite tricky. Yeah. Um, a staff handbook is always great. A contract is great. And I can't overemphasize that, um, the importance of those two documents, basically. Um, because any, any of them worth their soul should have at least a basic procedure that's legally compliant that you can follow. Yeah, and once you have those two things, you can follow them, and that's yeah. what someone like me. When people ring me up, I'll go, "What have you got? Send me the contract. Send me the staff handbook." And then once I have those, I know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So they're the two big things. You'd be amazed at the amount of people that don't have them, and that's not you know that that 
that would be my one piece of advice. The next bit is deal with things when they happen. Don't let them fester. Yeah. Because things get really, really complicated and really tricky when nobody wants to face it. Well, it comes back to emotion again, doesn't it, and communication? Because yeah, yeah, um, when it's a staff member, um, a manager or, or a finder, it's emotional on both sides, you know, because yeah, it's it impacting people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, so, and, and manage, as I said, expectations around everything. And, um, you know, that's, you're always going to have problems. And that's what I, like, I say to all of my guys. I said, you could be the best employer in the world, and there yeah. are brilliant employers out there, but you are always going to have somebody who's, you know, going to cause a problem. And it could be a good problem or a bad one. You just don't know. But mm. there is always, so it would be foolish to think that you're not going to get something cropping up that um, may may cause you a bit of a sleepless night or, you know, yeah. give you shivers at some point. And it will happen. But, you know, some of them can be, well, a lot of them can be resolved. I know. And what you were saying earlier is that it isn't all dim and gloom when it comes to HR and policy. And you've mentioned that you're doing quite a lot of work around um, this space at the minute, around engagement. And many founders do want to and um, do look after their staff. Um, But what are some of the best processes and practices out there right now that um, founders can adopt? Well, I've been working with um, a couple of organisations. Funny enough, when someone asks you, one person asks you to do engagement, about three more will follow. It's it's the weirdest thing. um, (laughs) So um, what they do, and they're small. I mean, they have about 20 staff. So, oh, you know, I'm like, do a little survey monkey um, survey on them and just ask them. Yeah. Um, 20 questions, easy, about their work, their environment, their management, you know, very easy get those questions even off the internet if you want to serve a monkey, even have depth And that's free. And then yeah. out to the staff, they will fill it in and then they'll come back and you'll get the results and you'll see, you know, what what's kind of bothering them yeah. or what they think is good or what they think is bad. Yeah. And then that's, it can be really simple. I have staff service that people have paid thousands for, but the principle's still the same. Yeah. Um, and I always say, you know, just run a little survey monkey and they'll tell you. If you want to introduce, we'll say, benefits, and a lot, a lot of people do, um, yeah. do a survey monkey on it and say, what are the top 10 benefits that you would like? And then publish it and say, this is what you've chosen and this mm. is what we're going to do. And you've asked them, they've told you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's nothing as bad as pension is the big thing. You know, somebody my age is obsessed with pension. Me too. But when I was 22 obsessed. or 23, I didn't give a damn about pension. Nope. What I did want... <laughs> was holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that, that's what it's sort of, if you, if you want to sort of uh, do nice things for your staff, try and make sure it's a blend of what they want as yeah. opposed to what you think they want um, and engage them. They love to be asked questions. They love to be involved in this, their job. Yeah. Um, and they will tell you without a shadow of a doubt, it will, the truth outs in the end. It always does. And as I said, there's really cheap things you can do. Survey monkey, free, free surveys. Yeah. No problem. And, and, you know, you split it into about three or four sections and um, ask five questions each. Bang, it's out, and they will all, they will, the vast majority will fill it in. And then, yeah. you, you can t- then you know where you're at and what you can do about it. Yeah, it's that kind of stop, start, continue kind of yeah. uh, approach, isn't it? Like, exactly. what do you want us to stop? Hold regular meetings with them, hold one-to-ones, um, tell them stuff, ask them stuff. Um, you know, it's... It's a two-way street and they mm. will, you know, as I said, a lot of them will tell you, well, it's not about the pay I'm here, it's about the work. And that's yeah. an interesting one. 
Um, you know, especially in tech companies and stuff, people are there because they're genuinely keen on the work. Yeah. Um, the pay and all the benefits come as, as, as quite a low second in a weird way. It's about the work and who they work with. Yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, which is lovely, really. And that's what people like to find out. So you might think, oh, my gosh, I'm not paying them enough. Well, actually, that might not be the big driver for them. The driver might be autonomy in work or the kind of work you're giving me or put me in front of clients or praising me. It's all sorts of stuff. Um, so what you might think is wrong might not be what yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Comes back to communication like, time and time again. It does, yeah. It does. No, I, um, we're bad at it. We're all bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are terrible, even though... Um, it's, well, it's the uh, kind of communication. Like, a lot of us talk and tell people stuff all the time. And yeah. a lot of information is blasted out. Yeah. But that's not communicating with somebody. No. That's telling, isn't it? it not is listening. Bit, yeah. Yeah, it is. So I'm sure over, over your career, you have heard some um, crazy and hilarious um, excuses for stuff. Um, uh-huh. Just on a bit of lighthearted... Um, sort of tone tell us a bit about some, maybe some of the ones where you went well as you said I've never heard that before um, any pop into your mind <laughs> <laughs> obviously straight away something did <laughs> oh gosh I, I mean I could be here all day um, <laughs> um, excuses when I come into work are good ones yeah um, the, uh, people will say the most extraordinary stuff um, sort of get out of things but um when somebody kind of says, and it's quite unpalatable, actually, you know, uh, they could have eight grannies who've died. Yeah. And then you might ring up to sympathize the family and granny picks up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> that's awkward. Um, you yeah. are, the person's really sick, they can't come to work. But yet on Facebook, there they are having a whale of a time in, <laughs> you know, Ibiza. Wherever, yeah. Yeah, you get a lot of that. I mean, yeah. that, I find yeah. that extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, they're the gifts that keep on giving, aren't they? <laughs> They are actually, yeah. I mean, you just look there and you go, you didn't realise your friends are me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, people admitting to stuff that is extraordinary in yeah. interviews. I mean, I've had people who've told me they've tried to, you know, run down their, run over their girlfriend in the car what? and succeeded. Yeah. Um, and didn't think uh, that that was a cause of concern. Well, I can't uh, even imagine what the question was that led to that being the answer. Yeah, people admitting to, how will I put it, exotic activities outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of stuff. And they're kind of there, you know, uh, yeah, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you're like, yeah. I, can't, I can't, I've got to peel myself off the floor for this one. <laughs> and, uh, and we're, you know, a lot of this stuff, and you'll always get the manager or the owner kind of going, yeah. Um, what do we do with them? Like, yeah, oh, what do we do with that? private life, so yeah. not a lot really. They're not breaking any laws. They're just so they're not doing it on the photocopier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do it on but, the um, I mean, you just, I mean, as I said, the list is endless. But, mm. you know, some of it can be quite serious. Some of it just, I mean, a lot of it can, is downright funny. Yeah. And um, you think, well, you think I haven't heard that one before. So, yeah. um, uh, but it's, it's, as I said, it is dealing with it. But, but people will come up with extraordinary excuses. Yeah. Um, not to attend work actually a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and um, and and nine times out of ten, um, they'll always get caught. And it'll be weird stuff. It'll be their own colleagues who'll do it because they're annoyed that they've come to work. Yeah. And they're doing the right thing, and someone else isn't. But um, you know, you get a lot of holidays, and and things are seasonal, which yeah. is a bit strange. And yeah. everybody now in Manchester is going to think I'm the most loony person ever. Um, 
there'll be a huge spate of trouble in February. <laughs> <laughs> Why there'll February? be a massive spate of trouble in October. Why um, February and October? Um, everybody has now come back to work to settle down. The New Year's resolutions haven't happened yeah. in February and people just start getting fed up. Okay. Or the divorce is starting to bite. Or oh, I. I haven't got all the jobs that I said I was going to go and get in the new year and, mm-hmm. and then they get a little bit disillusioned. Um, and then October is the summer holidays. They've all finished and everything they decided on holiday yeah. isn't going to happen and stuff like that. And also activity starts. Um, because a lot of um, companies end of year and begin the financial years are actually in April. So, of course, people are starting to look for jobs and they know that, you know, they'll start, start to get interviews or not, yeah. or they'll start to get job offers and that kind of thing. And it'll usually happen around the February, March time or the October-ish time. Yeah. And then it goes quiet. So, um, you know, things can be quite seasonal. Um I'd love to see that like scatter graph. <laughs> to see that scatter yeah, graph. I mean, months a year you, and crazy excuses. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, and and, it, and you'll generally tend to get a space of one thing at any one time, yeah. and then that'll die off, and then another kind of thing will emerge. But yeah. um, and it sounds, um, and that'll be through totally separate companies that I work with. Hmm. So company A, it could be. I'll get a load of sickness for this particular reason. Uh-huh. Company B, C, D and E, exactly the same. And then that stops and then something completely different will happen. And yeah. the next trend will it'll happen. Somebody you hears know, so a really good excuse. You're dealing like, with people oh, and you're dealing with human beings. Mm-hmm. And I love HR because for me, it's all about the people. And I know that might sound cliched, but there's a lot of people, um, HR bods out there and good luck to them. It's all about the process and the policy and the rules. Yeah. Um, for me, it's about human beings and anything can happen when yeah. you're dealing with a human being. I mean, for instance, this morning I had um, one of my clients, one of their employees came in, just burst into tears, you know, and something had, and she was quite rude to another member of staff. But actually, we found out that something pretty awful had happened earlier mm. today. And that's why. So there's always a why. And yeah. try and find out the why. Yeah. So someone who's acting out of character could have so many things going on that has yeah. nothing to do with work. And um, particularly if they've been really, really great. Because, you know, it could be debt, divorce, yeah. drugs, Family. alcohol, anything. Or, you know, someone's died, you know, and they just don't know what to do. Yeah. So, There's, you know, you just have to, again, it all goes back to the communication and, and trying to know your employees without being their best friend. Yeah, because we're all good people, really. Most of us. Yeah. The underneath now, in, in, in my job, I would absolutely categorically say... Um, 98% of people in this world are good and yeah. and and they want to do a good job and, and they're very just, proud to yeah. work and their whole livelihood depends on it and they've picked you to do this so you have a responsibility towards them and yeah. most of the people entrepreneurs and, and, and business owners that I work with they get that and then you're going to get the chancers and the, the <laughs> weird stuff going on and, and it happens and it's bound to but in the main the vast majority of people out there are very good people and, you know, they come to work, best best will in the world, and they want to do a good job. And, um, you know, the managing directors or owners or whatever want to look after them. And, um, you know, you do get, as I said, the, the silly people and the nonsense, but that's par for the course when you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. But And some of it can get really serious. It's not all a joke and a laugh. Some of it gets really, really serious and can cost an awful lot of money. And um, and that's obviously where we come in, um, you know, and, and my business is trying to actually solve all that and see where we can go with it and um, you know 
it works. Sounds like actually. you're doing a great job. Sounds like you're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> do try, do try. <laughs> so, to and you know, I've got really good relationships with all of the people I work with, and um, and that's that's the main thrust of it. You know, you know them, you understand them, and you know what's happening, and you know they want to do the right thing by everybody. Yeah. So to wrap up, then um, we always like to leave with a bit of advice for our founders and entrepreneurs. Um, so, what would be your sort of key um, top tips, Olga, that you would um, pass on to people that are out there? Okay. Maybe hiring their first person or have realised from listening to this podcast that they have a lot of work to do. What would be your key bits of advice they could go and do today? I mean, and I've mentioned it before and I cannot overemphasise this. Make sure you have things written down. Really make sure you have things written down. Make sure you do as much as you possibly can um, before you hire the person in terms of, you know, getting to know them interviewing them, getting a second opinion, um, references, you know, maybe even give them a trial piece of work to carry out, all of that stuff. Um, I cannot over, over egg that pudding, basically. Um, and then give them, obviously, contract handbook, all of that. And then if there is a problem, if there is going to be a problem, it's going to happen in the first three to six months. Deal with that. Mm-hmm. Because once somebody's been there after two years, they have employment rights. And quite rightly so. Yeah. Um, but um, if there is an issue, tackle it when you see it or when you're made aware of it. Yeah. Because it will get worse. Don't have the fear. Away. Don't have the fear. <laughs> Don't have the fear. Yeah. And if somebody does threaten you legally or you get a, lawyer, a solicitor's letter or you get a tribunal claim or the worst things and, you know, your blood runs cold mm-hmm. and um, don't worry. It doesn't, that's not the end of it. And your business will not go under as a result of it. And you won't have to pay out huge tons of compensation and all that. There's loads of people out there that can help you. Yeah. And um, and people like me at quite a reasonable cost. Um, the other thing um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business owners do is they initially go with, you know, really expensive help. It doesn't need to be that expensive. Yeah. And try and get somebody who can roll their sleeves up and help you out with that on the ground. Um. You're not on your own, basically. There's, as I said, there's there's me and there's lots of others out there like me. Yeah. And if they don't roll up their sleeves and get in there and help you, you get you, that's not the support you need. And that goes for your accountant, your marketer, your HR bod yeah. like me. You know, you're there. Teaching you and, how to and, do it for yourselves exactly, rather than doing it for ground, you. not on your own. And, yeah. um, and that's why we're in business, basically. And no right. problem is, every problem can be solved. Everything. Yeah, that's some fantastic advice to wrap up the podcast um, today, Olga. Thank you so much for your insight and oh, your advice. Pleasure. I really enjoyed it, actually. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope for uh, founders and entrepreneurs out there who are struggling with some of these um, daily um, challenges, which I'm sure everyone is, because as Olga said, when there's people involved, it does generally end with some sleepless, sleepless nights. But hopefully with her advice, you'll get a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.